It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Zinka Cairo. First, a few announcements. Great ways to help support Forbidden Knowledge News is to download our episodes directly through Spreaker, our podcast provider. That's always free to you. Those links are in the description, along with the links to Rockfin. You go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus, and you can get a premium membership. You'll get access to all our premium content and all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin. Finally, we are booking guests for April. If you have suggestions or you would like to be a guest, email me, ForbiddenKnowledgeNews at gmail.com. Today, I want to welcome Zinka Caro. She is the founder of LightNet, a collective intelligence think tank centered around consciousness. She is a pioneer in mind over matter consciousness research and an expert in spoon bending and electromagnetic ham radio contact with extraterrestrials and past loved ones. She is passionate about blending science and spirituality and has been working in frontier technology for over 20 years. Zenko, welcome. How you doing? Good, good. Nice to be here. Yeah, Love the name of your news network. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for coming on. This is going to be a fun conversation. We're going to talk about your understandings of the powers of our minds, as well as your own experiences with phenomena like spoon bending. And you also work with music and the possibilities of extraterrestrial contact, which I can't wait to get into. But this is a lot. Before we get into this, let the audience know a little bit more about yourself and what led you down your path. Yeah, you know, I didn't know what a chakra was. I didn't have anybody <laughs> in this community at all. I thought ETs, like, no way... Uh, so it's been, a, you know, me falling down the rabbit hole, literally of my own curiosity over the last four or five years. And I, you know, I saw this guy, Jack Houck's website, and he, you know, had these spoons that he'd bent and he taught 16,000 people how to do this. And I just sat there and I was like, what? Like, what? And it literally confounded and delighted me at the same time. And I began to do my own research. You know, I was in tech, you know, so I'm very scientific minded. And I, I just started doing research. And then I left my other world, tech world behind and decided to start a nonprofit to gather citizen science scientists together because I was kind of I was kind of pissed that you know the universities weren't funding all of this research about consciousness and phenomenon to me 
phenomenon was so fascinating. And I thought, well, I can do it. I don't care about my reputation. You know, I don't have tenure, you know, and then you've got Joe Dispenza publishing this stuff like, sorry, I wrote this book for everyday people. I can't, I can't try to fit into academia anymore. I mean, they used to have this expression that said, science advances one funeral at a time. Yeah. That's depressing. Yeah. And so now we, as citizen scientists, have have just been like, okay, we're going to do the research. We're going to make ET contact. We're going to, you know, do all this mind over matter research. It doesn't matter. And 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 now the students are kind of pushing back, I think, in the universities and starting research. But whether it's funded or not, I have no idea. <laughs> Right on. Well, tell us a little bit about your experiences with spoon bending. How did you really focus, laser focus on this particular subject? And what did you discover from this? Well, I think, you know, it's like I just said, you know, I thought, well, if that is possible, then what does that mean? Because my mind is constantly searching for how does reality work? And so it's like, you know, so if, if one, th you can't do an exception, it's kind of like people that are manifestors, like, oh, I manifested that. And then when something bad happens, they're like, oh, you know, I, <laughs> you know, not taking responsibility for that. It's not my fault, whatever. So the, the fact of the matter is, if you can bend a spoon with your mind, then what implications did that actually have? on our understanding of quantum physics and the observer effect. And what does that have to do with consciousness? So I, you know, there's this organization called the Institute for Noetic Science and Dean Radin is their chief scientist. And he wrote this book called Real Magic. And he claims that there's 3000 scientific papers that are, that are butting up against this awful elephant in the room phenomenon that says, wait a minute, consciousness affects everything. And, you know, when I first started my research, I was fascinated by a tipping point that could occur. And I started re researching the Maharishi effect, which is the opposite of our of spoon bending. It's, it's how, you know, you can get, you know, the square root of 1% of the population in coherence, which is 7,000 people, and they can tip the entire outcome of the rest of the world. So they did this at Maharishi University. They imported all these meditators, <laughs> these millionaires, like, yeah, let's do it. And for months, these guys were like in a huge circle auditorium at Maharishi University. And they were, 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 were coherent because coherent systems have much more power than a chaotic system. It's like they they can drive the reality forward. And so in that research, crime went down. Car accidents went down. It wasn't just that like battles were stopping. It was that like bad things were happening less often. And this is kind of interesting because I tend to think when I'm in coherence, when when my when everything's in alignment, right? When my brain is it, and I've started to research a lot about brain waves too. When your brains are in alpha, not in beta, not in stress, that flow actually permeates your entire reality. Your friends, your timing, what's happening. And we've actually started researching lucid living, which is like where you go, how is this even happening to me? Like when it seems so magical that you can't even believe, it doesn't even seem real. This happened to me at a conference recently in LA. I was just like, someone pinch me. Am I like in heaven? Like, I mean, it was just, it was wildly amazing. Some of the things that were happening. So it's possible to get there and bring other people in your reality there. And, and so back to the spoon bending. So the spoon bending, you know, I started with, with a Moto's rice experiment, mm. you know, where, where you say, you know, I love you, you know, I love seconds. that you had those available right yeah. there. <laughs> you know, because, because what, what the F is this? Like, what is this? <laughs> How is this possible? Why, why isn't this the most important thing we learn? And why is that true? So, 
I, and, and I don't even know. So it's, it's kind of, you know, is it that the words over time have a mathematical significance to our society? Because we do know that everything we're experiencing is, is regurgitating into itself, right? So you can't, you know what I mean? So when we say love means love, then it has that weight in our meaning context and the math of the universe, however you want to say it. And that's why sometimes people do these like, you know, Sanskrit or like, um, you know, these Jewish, you know, Hebrew things, because they actually do have a magical power, I believe. It might be hocus pocus as well. So hocus pocus is a word that I use for when you need to do step A, step B, step C to bend a spoon. Because you need to convince yourself that you can da, 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 da. It doesn't really matter. Uh, and it's the same thing actually with protection. And this is kind of a rough thing to say, but you're protecting yourself ab about your own paranoia. Mm. You know, which is which is the paranoia of the world, which is the paranoia of all that came before, which is the paranoia of you, of me, of all of us combined. Like, it's not like you need to take it on yourself, but it does mean that you can drive it out of there by saying, I'm not going to listen to that voice in my head. I'm going this way, you know. Yeah. Uh, but so, you know, the rice experiment we continue to want to develop and, you know, these citizen science who come to the academy and, and everything. It's like, we all even wanted to study, you know, if you go, I love you, you are the best, you know, like saying it in a negative and feeling negative, but then actually using those words. Because one time I went to Paris and I left for two weeks and I just left the words, you know, on another set. I just left the words. I wasn't even opening it up, setting my timer. I hate you. I hate you. I love you. I love you. I just put the words and it actually worked. Wow. So what does that mean? Yeah. Now, is it my belief that it's going to work that causes it to work? Am I, am I collapsing the event, you know, in, in quantum physics, am I the one that's deciding through my belief, through my mind, what is happening? Mm. And again, you don't have control over your whole mind. You have control, like your conscious mind is this, that like you literally kind of have control over that. And then you have your subconscious mind, which is all these thoughts, feelings, and emotions that you don't really have control over, but you do because you can do theta healing and basically hypnosis and brainwashing and everything you want. You, you can, you can't, you can, but in general, so all these questions are, are, are here for us as listeners of, you know, of your program to think like, well, what, how does this work? Because we always say it's not about bending the spoon. It's not about the rice. It's about your life. It's about, you know, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I have it. So I found this little, do you see this little steering wheel? Yeah. So I was like, I always like in my whole life, I just want to sit in the back seat. I mean, I'm full of adventure and I'll, I'll do, you know, I'll go do fun things and, go, you know, pioneer and whatever. But for me, it's also more comfortable to be the one that watches other people bend the spoon than to be the one that bends the spoon. Like, you have to decide at some point that you are going to drive. It's like that quote that they say, is the dream happening to you or are mm. you happening to the dream? And so, you know... I think, you know, I had a dark night of the soul as, as a lot of people who wake up to their, like, oh, wait a minute, reality is not the way I thought. And then I was basically created, like went as high as that and then went down the equal amount. And it was a nightmare. And I couldn't, I mean, like, I'm the most positive person I've ever met. And I had to take like a bath every day just to like, 
I mean, I was literally depressed beyond, I couldn't even barely function. I could mm. barely do meetings and stuff. And I was so out of myself and this happened for months and months. And, and so when you start to take responsibility for what you're creating, cause then finally I was like, oh my God, I'm creating all this. Like this is, I'm living out my nightmare, like my worst nightmare. And finally I took a breath and I was like, I've got to turn this around. And like, I'm even just like almost tearing up thinking about it. It's like, and then I just, it's just like, then it's like baby steps at that point. When you're spiraling down into paranoia, fear, anger, hurt, shame, you know, pain, all that stuff. It, it feels like you can never get out. It feels like there's no way out. It feels like you can't get out. And so it's like taking that one step and it's almost like it's pulling you down. And so you're having to like overcome the gravity to get away from it. Mm. And the same thing is true when you go up. So there's a force that is pulling you up to helping you when, when, when you're on the positive face of evolution. And we see this with society in general. It's like, we're either going to blow everybody up and turn AI into killing machines or we, and, and like, you know, or we're going to travel outer space and, mm. and like go in dimensionally and make time machines and like, whatever, you know, I don't know. So where are we? And that's why it's fun to be on, you know, on shows like this and people like this that are that are questioning, that are pioneering, because it's not easy being a pioneer. You don't have any script. You don't have, it's, you're in the driver's seat of evolution and it can be scary because your doubts can come in. Mm. But that's exactly, you know, we're doing a purpose lab right now. We're interviewing people who found their purpose. And, you know, someone was saying, Richard Rudd was saying, who did the gene case, he was like, you know, doubt is gonna be there until you pull it out of your cells and it starts to flip <laughs> and you have less and less doubt, you know, but you have to go through that ultimate, you know, I think all of us have doubts. And especially if you're going to do something interesting with your life. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That may not fit the norm or everything. Oh, I see you have Sasquatch in the back. I love it. That's one thing. You know, it's like there's layers. The consciousness. So I went from this, you know, scientific. I wanted, you know, ions, you know. To like, oh crap, now I'm I'm investigating ETs. And oh crap, now I'm like interviewing people at Sasquatch. It's like I've fallen down the rabbit hole because this stuff is fascinating. It is. It's absolutely fascinating. <laughs> and for me, it started out with meditative experiences, plant medicines, then the awareness, remembering things about who I am in a soul level and then becoming aware of things, the energies that surround me, the synchronicities that lead me a certain direction. And then it's the belief that I can actually change the future or manifest something or create something just because I'm here and, and I'm in a level of control of our reality, right? <laughs> Yay! Yeah! That's yeah, lucid living, you know, that's, that's, that's the whole idea. Like, yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Where, where does this, where does this 
to stop and start. You know, and once you get people in your life, your friends, your community, your audience to ride with you, then everything is possible. Like we're starting to see that that it it is it, we go back to the Maharishi effect where we say, okay, so the more people that are, you know, that understand this and are willing to play, the more you can do. Mm. I I don't think I answered the spoon bending thing. What what was your question? Well, I, I do want to get back to the spoon bending. There's so much I want to get to though. <laughs> But as this pertains to spoon bending, this ability to shape our reality, how can we relate this to spoon bending and help the audience understand a little bit with a simple object? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, these are, uh, you know, this is, <laughs> these are, you know, like trophies, like physical proof that we create our reality. And and I didn't bring them in, but like, <laughs> there's a new experiment we're doing that's just like out of control. So every time I go to a restaurant now, the fork is already bent and we have <laughs> over like 45. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not even doing anything. Wow. I'm not even putting my attention on it. It's like either there's cooperation from beings on the other side, or I've created a strong enough belief that every time I go to a restaurant, the fork is bent and it delights me. And so it works, you know, so it's just like, I don't exactly know what's going on. And that's what gets me up in the morning is this curiosity going, what's going on. But what happens is that you know, we, we do these spoon bedding. We're doing one on Saturday morning. I'm going to give you a special invite to that. And it's 85 to 95 of the people bend. So it's not like you have to be chakras aligned, past life, you know, star seed, alien, this, that, whatever, the force Jedi, this, no, it's actually not that way. And I, I was actually surprised too. So it's actually getting out of your mind. Mm. So we call, we use a method that causes total chaos in the environment. So if, if there's kids, we let people have kids If people have, you know, they, they can invite as many people to their house as they want. You know, we have people screaming, everyone unmutes on the, on the, on the zoom so that there's all this stimulus and after there's so much stimulus you're just like i can't take this anymore and you stop thinking and then you see someone that does it and then you do it and you're like what just happened <laughs> and then your brain goes what just happened and then um you you know like then you have to incorporate it's just like after plant medicine you know the next day you're going oh, what <laughs> so it's really fun and um it's amazing how much our our rational conscious mind blocks everything in our life so you know you get a doctor that looks you in the eye and go you have three months to live it's going to be hard for you to get out of that right yeah. especially because their authority they're like this guy knows you know <laughs> and that's the same thing with all this, like you've been told that like, cause some people ask me like, Senka, you know, what, what, what about bending like a huge pipe, like a huge, you know? And I'm like, well, there's pictures all over Jack Houck's, you know, website of people doing that. It's just conceptually, you think that it's harder. Right. And it's not, it's nothing is so, so, I mean, I, a lot of questions get raised when we do this research. And one of them is why are kids better at this? So I don't know if they're more star seeds, you know, they're, they're more like these indigo children. They're, they're like, you know, they remember more their, what they're capable of. Maybe it's that they're not in their heads. They're not like thinking, what do I look like? What is it going to be bad if I don't bend? Like they don't have any performance anxiety. They don't care. Mm. It could be that 
they're in, they have easier access to their alpha and theta brain states because from zero to seven, you're in theta. You're in a quasi dream. You're in full programming. It could be that they're, um, you know, that they, that they don't know that they can't, you know, it's like the elephant that they chained to the tree can't move after a couple years because even when he's unchained because he doesn't you know it's like they don't even know that they can't do it yeah i mean write in the comments what you think right now about that because it's i don't really know i don't really know i mean what do you think but it's it's definitely true i mean kids do hands-off bending and they're not even touching the spoon and the whole thing is going i just think the level of program is isn't there we're programmed from the time we become aware to not believe in these things, to become plugged into the material world. And the more this occurs, I think the less of this connection we have to this force, to this energy, to this, this all encompassing thing that really leads us to our next moment. And we just lose touch with that, you know? Right. So, you know, what does that mean? The, 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 the entire you know, LightNet platform and Starseed Academy is based on the four-minute mile, right? Nobody could run the four-minute mile. Not possible. The human body can't move that fast. Not possible, not possible, not possible. Then a guy does it and 2,000 people do it. So the kids, like you, what your, your theory on this is that they don't even know it's impossible. Right. And I think you're right. So, so, but what does that say about us? And what does that say about us being pioneers? And what does that say about, you know, levitation? And what does that say? I mean, we have a levitation lab. It's like, what does that say about everything? So let's run in that direction and see what's possible. Mm -hmm. Now you talk Why about not? sprouting seeds in our hands, and I think this will help the audience understand a little bit how us as individuals can connect to this. Yeah. So some of the people that they can't figure out in their mind how to do the metal mm. for whatever reason, they're blocked. And sometimes we have to program them, reprogram their mind using theta commands, but some people just sprout the seeds. So it's the same thing. We put a mung bean in our hands and we say, sprout, sprout, sprout. And then we command it and then we say, let it go. And then we just kind of think about something else. And because if you think about it, you and you're like, why isn't this happening? What's wrong with me? You're literally like pulling yourself in the wrong direction, right? You're literally reverse minded. Like, why isn't that guy called? Is he going to call me back? Why have I got my job? Did they get my email? That is, you are literally reverse manifesting everything that you actually want. So you have to let it go. And so a lot of people, they're like, something about them like doesn't connect with the metal or something, or, or I don't know what happens, but they sprout the seed. And it's like this loving, nurturing thing, like, please sprout, come out. <laughs> and it's also about your heart's desire. So we talk about brain states and alpha states and flow states and theta states and delta states and gamma states, right? Mm -hmm. But there's something in the electromagnetic field of your heart, and especially when your heart and mind are braided together, that propagates your dream, the collapsing the wave, whatever your elevation and your reality, um, stronger. So sometimes we'll have people think about someone they love or an animal they love or, or a, or like a, you know, niece that they love and they're bending without touching. So there's something about our emotion. That's the fuel for manifestation, hmm. both in both directions. That's why when me and other people fall into paranoia cycles or whatever dark nights or whatever it is, that's why it's so like tornado like is because your emotion is so strong. You're freaking out. And so the same thing is the way, like when I go to a restaurant, I'm all excited to open my fork, you know? So it's like, it's like, there's a lot of meaning and emotion there. So when you give things meaning, the universe knows that 
That's why synchronicities occur. And we do things called bloom in our waking induced lucid dreaming research teams where we bloom purple cars and blue bears and, you know, blue butterflies and, and all these different things into our reality. So we set a target and they mean something because we attach animals to people. So we think about them like my friend Nikolai, every time he'd come to visit me, I'd have three or four or five, you know, praying mantises on my house. And I never did. This happened three times. So it's giving meaning for the universe to express in that way. And I mean, I had, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, I had a crisis in the last year, you know, using um, Midjourney video, you know, image editing. Have you ever used that AI program, Midjourney? No, I have not. It's insane. Like, so you could just say whatever. You can say, I want to see a girl on top of a Cadillac eating an orange in the sunrise in Tokyo with the red dress, da, 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 da. And it will produce that yeah. picture, hyper-realistic. And then you go, oh, no, change it a little bit, change it. It's like the imagination of our collective intelligence, whatever we've fed it, you know, can, can regurgitate that. And so sometimes you'll notice in your reality where your thought threads are being threaded back into your reality. And you can see where your paranoias lie. Just like when you have a dream, you're like, why did I dream that? I must be like anxious about that or, or, or traumatized about that or, or whatever it is. So it comes back up to see, because it doesn't know it just goes after strong emotions until you're ready to let it go. So whether it's good or bad, it doesn't really care. It's just going to send that back into around for you. And that's why when you calm yourself and almost like Shakespeare and you just like allow the universe to, to come to you around you, um, you're like basically co-creating with the universe. And, and, and so that's why I think it's very important, especially with people in our field who are researching ETs and doing things that can traditionally intertwine with men in black, CIA, bad stuff. You know, they're not going to let me say this on TV, like all that stuff. Um, we need to get to a point to where we truly believe that the world is benevolent and that mm. we were protected because that is where miracles lie. You know, I can't teach someone remote viewing or I mean, we have all these teams to do all these crazy stuff. Right. And you can't do it when you're stressed out and you're paranoid and you're nervous and you're, and I'm, again, it's not your fault. If you are, it's you're you're representing a lineage of, you know, life wasn't that good a couple of generations back at all. It wasn't that good. People were getting raped all the time. People were getting killed all the time. People were dying of viruses. People were like everything, right? And so it's really important to find a way to create an alliance between you and the outside or you and your friends or you and yourself that is a safety alliance. That is, that's like, oh, the world is teaching me things every day, even if it's a harsh lesson where you're like, I just broke my car. Oh my God, it's going to cost so much money. You know, like what was that there to teach you? But it's so, so again, perspective does matter. And I think more and more magic happens when you and I are free to say what we want, do what we want, feel what we want, live what we want. And we need you to do that. Mm. I mean, thanks for creating this show because mainstream wasn't letting that stuff come out. And you're like, well, I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> and that's whether I die doing it or not. It's like, you know, you're doing it, you're doing it. And that lets the next person go, well, I'm doing it too. And the next person's like, I'm going to put this on TikTok. I don't care. It's yeah. we're creating that safer, more beautiful, more free world. And that's really ultimately what we want is freedom for everyone to express what they wanted to do. Well, like what their, where are their curiosities? Who are you? What do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. I do see this as 
looking back at, at 2020, the perspective I had was rather doom and gloomish. And as things progress and as more people become aware of what's going on collectively, the the entire perspective that everyone has takes a more lighter turn. And I see this occurring in little pockets, and I think that as long as we keep our consciousness expanding and keep exploring these new concepts that it's going to be like a hundredth monkey effect for the rest of us. And you mentioned something a few minutes ago, blooms. I want to get into this a little bit. Is this where you start to see things that you think about quite often? Like if you are constantly thinking about a blue butterfly, you'll see a blue butterfly or a certain type of car, things like this. Yeah, yesterday I'm like in CVS, Walgreens or whatever, and I'm like pulling this Taylor Swift thing off the magazine because it was like a super, like 20 people in the line. I was like, all right, I'll just read something. There's like blue butterflies. <laughs> so, so yeah. So it's allowing, it's having a conversation with the universe and all that is by asking to play with it. And to use objects in your reality that bloom into your reality, that manifest into your reality to have that conversation. And you can do this, but like, show me a sign. Or every time, you know, I have like numbers. Every time I see 444, it's work with this person. It's like, you need to be working with this person. And someone will be like, oh yeah, my email is blah, 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 444. Or here's my phone number, it has 444. <laughs> or I had a dream last night and I woke up at 444. I'm like, okay. <laughs> got the message. <laughs> so I encourage you to attach an animal to, to someone you love. So, so give that symbol symbolism, pick a number and then pick another something random and it can be pretty extreme. So, and then stop trying and just live your life. So there's a little bit more ease when, because in spoon bending, we're all there and we, we're doing it in an hour, we're getting the results. And there's a lot of like time pressure. Whereas this, there's no time pressure. So you're not reverse manifesting anything. You're just like, I want to see a blue bear or I want to see a red dot. So, I mean, it's been, it's been absolutely incredible. We do this with teams of people of eight. So it's also what we do is we get, telegram chats of three people so coffee adam and i have a bloom channel and so we're always posting and the, and the recent thing was like bright pink cars and coffee's like i'm not getting any what's going on because we did purple cars like bright purple cars we're getting like i live in sedona there's ten thousand people here how can i see five or six purple cars like that's like hilarious right so she was like pink cars and we weren't seeing any and we're driving to LA to the Conscious Life Expo and all of a sudden we see this massive pink truck <laughs> and we got excited. So our emotion peaked. And then the next day we're going to pick up business cards and we see a pink Cadillac. Oh, and yesterday she opened Facebook and the first image she saw was a huge pink car, you know, bright pink future. So it's, and once you know the telephone connection is there, whether it's you and the universe, you and God, you and all it is, you and Buddha, you and Allah, you and the ETs, whoever, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just you and you. Like maybe you're just like, you're just, you know, it's coming from you somehow, your observer effect. I don't know. But once you get that link, then it's really fun. Yeah. 100%. Now, you've mentioned extraterrestrials a few times. I think we should shift over into this space. This is something I've always been fascinated by, and my understanding of what extraterrestrials or aliens are is constantly shifting and evolving and changing. I'd love to get your insights into what you believe that we're interacting with when we have contact experiences most of the experiencers that I interview have positive experiences and these experiences are very beneficial in their lives and they lead them on very positive spiritual paths. And it seems like it's only the human-based, possibly orchestrated abduction experiences that really leave people with these horrible negative experiences. But that's not what this is about. I want to get to the genuine contact experience, whether it's people's having 
profound near-death experiences, meditative experiences. They're taken in their sleep to on a craft, and they're given all this profound information. And it usually changes their lives for the better. What do you think we're interacting with? There's plenty of options I consider, some of them being ancestors, these cosmic intelligences that surround us, but we can't perceive them in this physical state. I'm not sure that they're actually coming from different planets or galaxies, but more these dimensions or realms that surround us that we can't perceive at all times. But I'd love to get your thoughts on it. That's so beautiful. And, and yeah, I, I'm actually of your, of your opinion. So from my research, um, and we work with them using ham radios, uh, so they speak to us using a code we've set up for yes, no, excitement, clapping, and, and ask another question. Uh, and we also see ships, and they use our, the lights in the house and whatever. But they're definitely not coming from far away. You know, they're not like way down over there, like, like in light years, like 17 miles into space. They're somehow here. They can see me because they, they answer questions as if they could. So I think you're right. It's something about a dimensional phase that we're not able to perceive with this particular machinery or our mind the way it is or our pineal gland calcified, you know, like... I got a brain scan and my, my pineal gland is literally like, looks like a bone. Like, oh, wow. like what? <laughs> so we've, you know, we've been drinking fluoride our whole life. Like, thank you. Whoever did that. <laughs> thank you very much. Right. <laughs> but I mean, so, you know, my kid used to be able to see through walls when he was little. So yeah, I mean, we're getting back to awakening those understandings, but it doesn't take a special body um, it takes intention and it takes picking up the phone. So that's another thing I've noticed. It's like, it's almost as if they're not really supposed to interact with us unless there's a mutual agreement. Kind of like that fax machine is like, and then it connects. It's like, okay. So that's what I would suggest is, is that if you want to make contact is to, is to set your intentions. I want to have a dream about this. I want to see a ship. I want to interact with you on the radios. I want to know you better. And in terms of like, are they our ancestors? You know, we started the Starseed Academy believing that I don't, you know, it's, I'm not entirely sure we're not all ETs having a human experience. I mean, one of the thought experiments Adam and I do all the time, we laugh so hard. It's like, oh, well, maybe like we're a peace experiment. You know, maybe the aliens look so different. You've got mantids, you've got blue people, you've got grays, you've got all these. And maybe they were like, why can't we just get along? Let's play, let's create a playground where we all have similar bodies and similar skin color. We do both have like, we have two eyes, you know, and we have legs, you know, and what would happen? Would we have all to get along, you know? And, you know, so who knows what, we know that we're not our body. We know that our soul lives on. Uh, so if we're not our body, uh, what's to say that our bodies aren't blue or something like that? Or what's to say that the grays aren't future humans, you know, that we've, you know, we've already got CRISPR dialed in. I mean, we can change, I can change your eye color. Mm. You know, we can cure blindness right now. I mean, we can cure blindness, you guys. Like, what is going on? So the fact if we were like, oh, yeah, let's go out in outer space, but let's not have to eat all the time because we can't really bring that much with us. So let's, like, reduce the stomach down or let's um, let's make it easier to interact with our children, AI, consciousness, whatever that. And they're like, ah, who knows? So whatever it is the cool part about this is that it's not going to be dimensional starting this year next year and it hasn't really been so ets are ready to be walking amongst us like you think it's out of the realm of possibilities but i know i'm going to have parties where ets are sitting there talking to you 
And someone, you know, Zazar had an event the other night and she's like, you guys think you're so mature. Well, what happens if like a mantis being knocks on your door? You would freak out. You would run, you know, down the block, you know? So, I mean, are we ready? Not exactly. Some people predict that they'll be in like concentration type camps at first to like calm you know, everybody's, you know, you know, whatever, but it's, it's, they're ready. We're ready for them to come. I mean, did you see the Super Bowl ad? There was four Super Bowl ads that had to do Super Bowl ads that had to do with positive alien futures. This is another thing where I was like, Oh my God, am I dreaming? Am I in heaven? Like, this is, this is like what I always wanted is that we don't do, run and grab our guns and protect our minerals. And like, you know, they're going to rape us all. Like, it's like, let's tell a different story, right? Is it like, what do we actually want to live? And what do we want to put into our subconscious mind and our dreams and our thoughts and our emotions is galactic renaissance. Like, let's figure out ways to heal ourselves. Let's figure out ways to live longer. I mean, we do know they're wise. They're definitely seem to be wiser, whether we're accessing our higher selves or not. But the Super Bowl, you know, Martin Scorsese did the Super Bowl. None of our, not a lot of our community watch sports. So, <laughs> so we were like passing it around. Look it up. So Squarespace, <laughs> Super Bowl UFO ad. And what happens is all the ETs are coming. Like we're talking massive UFOs coming. And everyone's like cat videos on TikTok, celebrity bacon diets. Like nobody's paying attention. <laughs> and the ETs are like, going on they're like tapping on the boardrooms going this is so this sucks and then it's like we're here and we're waiting and we want to make contact now you know so it's like <laughs> they can't do it if we're all like freaked out and want to shoot them and it's just going to be like we're going to have to row backwards so much that mm. we won't like ease into a cool scenario so they've only got one chance to make a really peaceful debut that's like positive. And so everything that you're seeing in disclosure and everything that your show is doing is just, is just like more people in the U S believe in ETs than God, <laughs> which is like, okay, what? so it's not like we have to monitor the government in terms of like the fact that they're not saying anything doesn't mean that the world doesn't believe that they're there. They're there. They're there. All right. Second day in a row of crazy technical difficulties. We're back. We were having a very fascinating conversation, and we're getting into your understanding of extraterrestrials, and it led us to the Super Bowl and some of the Super Bowl commercials, and I think that's where we left off. Yeah, well, so what were you talking about yesterday? Yesterday, I had a guest on. We we're talking about our economic situation and the looming possibilities of collapse and things like that. And we got cut off a couple of times. So, much different topic, but still happened. <laughs> okay. Well, so this is something interesting because it wasn't casual. It was, it happens repeatedly. So, when, when something comes into your reality like that, um, and it's like a message. And so maybe this is practicing, giving us an opportunity to practice what we were talking about earlier in, in the call. And, you know, this happened to me. So when, when we, because, because, why is this important? Because paranoia is what, what can drive our dream. And it can, it can be what drives our economic situation too. I mean, you know, I was talking, we were muscle testing a hundred different cryptos yesterday mm. and it was beautiful. And it was like, wow, all these cool people are creating a new value using decentralized finance, not controlled by certain, you know, like countries or what, I mean, it's just like, it is a free for all. Tons of people are losing money. It's chaotic. It definitely is, you know? And then you've got Burning Man who's doing like gift economy. Like they don't even let money in except to buy coffee and, and you know, ice. So there's this, everything's expanding and all the possibilities are expanding. And so 
what's happening is that we we as creators you and i and the people all listening this are we going to be shaken up in the next couple years maybe are we going to get to live a timeline that's like super awesome with money probably you know are is it going to let, let us grow yes and one, I guess it's important to talk about paranoia because I've experienced it so much in my life. You know, I thought my phones were tapped, like all this stuff. And then I was like, no, no, that's not my movie. That's not what I'm mm. living. And, you know, we, you know, with the radio research, the ham radios, we had a very extraordinary thing happen because in our teams and our, so our school is research teams. Like that's, there's no there's kind of a guide, but it's the idea is to have everyone bring their best knowledge and their wisdom and then just experiment. And the radio team was getting contact with the radios. Then we got images. And then the next thing we asked for was voices. And all of a sudden we were doing a talk in LA conscious life expo last year, one year ago, all the lights went out in the room and voices came through the radio and everyone was like, Oh my God. It was so cool. And this was right when I was telling them to go in their heart and like, and like really connect with something that they wanted to make happen. And of course I was, I was saying I wanted radios to come. I mean, voices to come through the radios because I wasn't even sure it was possible. And I wanted my team to pull through and it sure enough it happened. I get home, the four minute mile had been broken and this channeler girl in the class calls me and she's like, Oh my gosh, Senka, voices came through the radio. And I was like, wow. And then sure enough, that day, there was like military helicopters all over Sedona. I mean, we're talking the big ones, like whatever they are, Black Ops, whatever, right? And I was like, you know what? The universe is teaching me something. And it had just happened a week and a half ago where someone had seen a UFO and then they saw all these police, right, come. You know, I was like, this is interesting because if the universe is regurgitating, you know, it's like a um, what's happening now is influencing the next moment is influencing the next moment is influencing the next moment. So what we're used to is that um, ETs are associated with men in black. ETs are associated with secrecy, black ops, silence, this, that, whatever, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're associating those two things together. They're threaded together in my, you see that person saw UFO, then they saw the things. She she had this massive break through the radio and all of a sudden she's seeing that. And I was like, you know what? No, it's up to us to break that association so that it's not keep creating itself in reality again and again and again. And that's why the Super Bowl ads were so incredible and which is why I was, so emotional when we were talking about this because i had expected that you know in our communities we're always talking about gloom and doom and believe me i'm not judging because i was in that you know i was in that i was in la i was in, i was feeling that it's like i left my country 15 years ago because i thought there was going to be an imminent economic collapse i moved to argentina for 10 years because I was sure everything, you know, 9-11, whatever, I was sure, you know, petrodollar, the whole thing was all falling down. And by the way, in Argentina, they did have a huge collapse and it didn't matter. They've had two collapses where they shut down the banks and changed the money. The government was like, oh, sorry, we're using like Australis now. Mm. And life went on. Mm. And Argentinians are some of the most creative, beautiful, interesting, fascinating friends friendship oriented collaborative intelligent humans that i've ever met they're like the next where we need to go in terms of collaboration so what happened on the super bowl was a disengagement of the paranoia so there was three to four um advertisements on the super bowl martin scorsese did one where all these ufos were coming and people were watching cat videos and like celebrity bacon diets. And the ETs were like so sad. They were like, we can't even get their attention. We want to come and play and say hi. And the girl's smiling and it was positive. And then the other two as well were both positive narratives. And I literally was like, wow, am I in heaven or what's going on? How is it that mainstream media 
are doing positive narratives about ETs on the Super Bowl. So this is where we get to, I'm not saying that there wasn't paranoia, that the phone didn't get cut off, that Zoom didn't get off. I even muscle tested it. I was like, is this ETs? And it said, no. And it said, is this because they don't want us to say this stuff? And it said, yes. So there is a belief that you and I are holding and possibly others watching this show that what we're doing is wrong or that we're going to get shut down or that they don't want this out. But is that really true? You've got half of the U.S. government trying to putting their lives online to get the disclosure out. You know, so so we just have to always take things in the now as yesterday, it might have been that they wanted to hide everything. And today they're trying to figure out how to get everything out. Who knows? I mean, obviously, some people believe there's 3000 people still like pulling us downward in our evolution. But the rest of us, yeah. billions of us are going, decentralized finance, let's figure it out. Let's like have AIs do the crappy jobs and let's like be more musical or creative or like, let's share things. Like, so yeah, the process painful, yeah. You know, have you had to make a stand and go, there's nothing on TV that makes sense to me, I'm gonna make for, forbidden knowledge news. Like, like, has this been a scary and difficult and courageous thing that you've done? Totally. But now it's like time that we unhinge those two associations and step boldly into our curiosity, into our right to create, into the reality that we want to live and take everyone that we care about with us because we all go together. We all sink or swim. Mm. It's not like, I mean, someone blows up a nuclear bomb in some part of the earth. It's coming everywhere. It's, it's going everywhere. So we're all tied up in this together. We're all one thing. So, so, you know, compassion, and courage is really that the name of the game. Right. And it's how we perceive things. The more and more people perceive that we're headed in a good direction, it manifests that we're actually headed in a good direction. Now, I want to get into your work with music and connecting with extraterrestrial intelligences. <laughs> yeah. So, so every lab that we do so we take eight to 12 people because lynn mctaggart said that if you get eight people together you can do anything right so you can like heal cancer and stuff so we we figured when we were designing the academy the star seed academy we're like okay well we 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 actually need to have at least eight people in each team because we're going to try to do these crazy possible things like off-planet remote viewing and like whatever right and then there's a part of me that always wants to go deeper and more like I get bored if we're just doing what we did in the last season. So we're always moving the bar. And like I said, after that one where we did talking through the radios, which is like beyond my wildest dreams, we were like, oh, well, let's make music with the ETs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and sure enough, we get this guy, Ricky Styles of VBE Software, who develops these like, you know, he's one of those guys, you're just like, this guy's a total genius. You know, he's developed like 50,000 apps that talk to ghosts. Yeah. And I was like, and he died for, for like 15 minutes. He was like in a coma and everything. And then he was able to use his apps and he was able to connect with like two different people or three different people that were actually thinking of him in that moment. And I've never heard this kind of data ever before in my life what he said was that basically that he was tiny and when someone would call to them like i want to talk to ricky like so his girlfriend and this other random person in some other place called to him and he just showed up it was like oh he said he he didn't he didn't really have control over where he ended up it was sort of like and that's that was his perception he was in darkness and then he would just show up and he could see them but he could only see the things that were like he could see their blood going like he could see and he could see electrical engines but he couldn't see plastic things so it was like hard for him to see things but he could see things a little bit mm. and he if he if he like slowed down his vibration a little like that he would get really big 
and he would be the right size to them. So it's almost like I, I started to wonder if little orbs are like actually dimensional, you know, visitations or whatever, right? Anyway, so he's like, yeah, I had to fix all this stuff on my app. And he's like, to tell you the truth, I didn't really want to come back. It felt really good over there. <laughs> like, but anyway, so I, I was like, so Ricky, like, we want to use this with ETs. And he's like, and I'm like, does your apps work with ETs? He's like, I have no idea. Let's figure it out. So we had one girl in the class calling in angels. It didn't kind of work. And then we called in ETs and, and, and a past guy that had died was there too because he was like messing everything up and he would he would allow he allows he actually teaches people that are what do you call past past loved ones i guess um to hold on to his um tank of his fishing like this fish tank in his house in order to give them energy in order to produce the effect on the machine right and so this guy's coming and he's like will you get out of here like we're trying to do this other thing or whatever Anyway, so we call in the ETs and sure enough, they come and there's three of them and they're Andromedans and we had this whole conversation with them. And he was like, wow, you have spiked my curiosity and all this. So then he built us an app or for himself and his community, VBE, it's on Facebook. They, they, he built an app that had all these crop circles. Now, how are these and beings he, communicating with you? So, How did it manifest? We we allowed them to do whatever. We knew that they could talk on the radio, like use the radios to make beeps and things like that. And we have all this on our YouTube, our Lightnet YouTube. Um, we need to organize a better play playlist, but I think if you put music in ET, it's there. But anyway, so we allowed them to use theremins, which are those things that have the long antennas. We allowed them to use um, his apps. And so they would come on his app and they would select. So the way the apps work is they work with electromagnetic fields, accelerometers, and temperature controls. And you leave them, you have to not touch them, right? You have to leave them completely still on a surface and then wait. And he had music apps where they were playing piano and he had a guitar app and they would go absolutely nuts on the guitar and we would laugh and laugh and laugh. And, and then they would play the piano and it would sound horrible. It would sound horrible. And we, you know, it would almost sound creepy. And we were like, well, we sound creepy too. Cause we didn't, we were a bunch of like random people. We weren't musicians, you know, and, but some of us were. So one of the interesting things that happened in the lab, which we always say is we didn't get any results the first two weeks. I was like, okay, the methodology we're going to use is we're going to be 20 minutes in silence. The class was like an hour and a half. We're going to be 20 minutes in total silence no matter what, because we have to listen to them. You know, we have to give them a space to do this, to use all the gear that we had assembled for them. We had TVs. We had, we had searched for old tube TVs, which we knew spirits could come through, you know, and it's the same. It's dimensional contact, right? Um, but anyway, so... Then we started serenading them. And so the plan was for us to be 15 to 20 minutes singing to them, serenading to them, playing to them. And, and then they started playing back. So that's one thing, like we forget to, if we want to collaborate with other dimensions and ancestors, ETs, whatever, um, it's good to be in honor of them. Like I've noticed with the radios, like they will not answer any questions that are that I know the answer to. They're just like, whatever. We're not a circus trick. Like, we're not just here to prove to you, you know. And they were talking before the 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 show went on. And so I'm just going to tell them right now. I know we're probably wrapping up, but uh, any communication that you guys want to have is, will not be considered interrupting. So they also don't interrupt. So when we pause something, then they talk. You know what I mean? It's just like... It's pretty cool. So they, yeah, so that that was our adventure with that. And I don't know what we're going to do next season, but we got to think of something crazy. That's incredible. Pictures. Yeah, on oh. video on TVs, yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. Now, for the last few minutes we have, tell the audience a little bit more about some of the things that you do at your nonprofit, LightNet. Yeah, so LightNet is like we talked about. It's the four-minute mile and the hundredth monkey. So we have curiosity labs, 
on finding purpose, addiction, making contact with ETs, levitating, spoon bending, impossible things, right? And we interview a hundred people that have done it. Those are the hundreds monkeys to say, well, I got off a heroin, I found my purpose. And then we track how they did it. And then we invite you in a small group of eight to 12 to do it, do it yourself. So we are gonna be launching the Purpose Lab in about three months in Ibiza. And right now we're, we're doing the Starseed Academy, which is our contact lab. So at starseedacademy.org, we have an application process because we only accept 50, 50 students, they're researchers per year. Um, but then we also have like an almost free membership, which is $144 a year, which is our radio signal number. And it comes with 72 events per, per year. So it's like a no brainer. And we have spoon bending on Saturday. On Thursday night, we have um, Simeon Hine, who's a researcher oh, yeah. in Sotomayor, is doing a remote viewing research team. So that's free for members too. We call them LightNet collaborators. And then we have um, uh, Eric Pearl on Monday. We have connection calls that are always free. So you can just go to our calendar and uh, join us and bring your curiosity and bring your open mind and and we'll figure it out. Even when things get hard or even where we get confused, we're always learning something. And curiosity is really the driving force between creation and where I want to be in the world. So we so it's we have a lot of fun. Yes, that sounds awesome. Once again, I'll have the links in the description. What's the website that they should go to? So startseedacademy.org is probably where that's where that's like the the basement research that's the r&d that's <laughs> hardcore people like you that are not you know that are not scared to bend spoons and do all that stuff so yeah i would recommend going there and uh you can go to slash join to check things out yeah wonderful <laughs> zinka thank you so much this was fantastic we really barely scratch the surface of a lot of this stuff so we'll definitely have to do this again in the future i look forward to getting much deeper into this and until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow, and we'll see you all then.